Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Yes, 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 we're back. And uh, I'm here with my wonderful, talented, beautiful wife, Jolene Engel, for another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast. So what is our subject for today? Today we are talking about priorities of a godly couple. We're back in our series, The Foundations of a Biblical Marriage and Family, and we're wrapping it up with the priorities that a couple should pursue, because there's lots of things that we could do with our time, being that we all have 24 hours in a day. So priorities, is that really a big deal? It's a huge deal. Priorities set the path of what that marriage and family is going to be like. And do you find that most families, most married couples do not set priorities? They don't, or they don't think about it? What do you, what do you think the issue is? I think, um, you know, when, when you start dating and you're wrapped up in that, that romance, that love affair, then you move forward into now we're engaged to now we're planning a wedding and you're just wrapped up in the moment. I think life could definitely be a moment by moment instead of crafting out and cultivating that path that, that God would have you pursue. Because I don't, I, I'm convinced that uh, most couples don't want their, their love affair to fall apart. Okay. That's, they didn't get married in hopes that they would get divorced. No, but inevitably most of them do. A lot do, a lot, and even some in the church. And, you know, as we've been doing this series, we've covered so much. We've covered the type of marriage that God intended. We've covered the biblical role of a husband, the biblical role of a a wife. We've talked about actions and attitudes that we should pursue. But if our priorities aren't right, okay, it it will cause a house to fall. Okay. It will cause a marriage to crumble. It will be that marriage by default instead of marriage by design. So your priorities are really going to, um, for example, I could say all day long that you are a priority in my life, right? I I, I should be. Right. I I could say that all day long, but it's my, my actions that will determine whether or not you are a priority. Okay. So in essence, priorities is like a roadmap. Yeah, it is. It's part of it. It certainly is. As we've talked about a biblical blueprint um, for marriage and, and that blueprint for a husband, the one for a wife, and that's all great in theory, but then you have to apply you have to apply those scriptures. You have to walk in those scriptures. So let's talk about the first and obvious priority. Okay, and that is love the Lord. Love, love the Lord. Lord is the first and obvious one. Jesus said, my greatest commandment is to love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Mark 12, 30. You know? Okay, so, well, all right. So I love the Lord. I'm good. I mean, what is? It, there's more to it than that. There's a lot more to it than that. Because if you're not walking in obedience to his word, then let me ask you a question. Are you loving him? Well, so there's more. It's, it's more than just loving or... And we know love is an action. Right. Okay. And if most people haven't figured that out, it is an action. It's not a feeling. Okay. But if we love the Lord, then there's some things we're going to do. And we're going to, and it's going to, it comes down to having that relationship with him, a daily relationship with him. 
Well, and Jesus also said, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he's the one who loves me. John 14, 21. I mean, there is an action there. There, there is that... You can't just say, well, I believe in God. That's where the rubber meets the road, right there. Right there. That you have to decide, am I living for Christ or am I just saying I believe in Christ? Right, because virtually everyone believes in Jesus. A lot of people out there believe in Jesus, but that doesn't mean that they're following Jesus or they're obeying Jesus. You know, what we try and do is give them the scripture, give them some practicals, but they have to apply it. I, I can't apply it. To their life they they have to be the ones that say yes i'm a follower of christ christ oh i didn't realize that that's what that verse meant and oh here's some practical ways for me to apply it but it, it comes down to their will as to whether or not they're going to actually embrace that and live that okay so did you have any examples of how you do that well i mean simple ones is read your bible just every single day every single day try and read your bible and whether you're a new believer or seasoned saint it is very easy to forsake that time with the Lord because we all are what? Busy. I was going to say lazy. Okay, that will work too. <laughs> I'm lazy and busy. So for me to say, I really need to spend that time with the Lord today, what I'm doing is I'm feeding my soul. Because if I don't feed my soul, if I don't take care of my spiritual well-being... Everything else in my life is bound to crumble as a result of just me walking in my own strength and doing life in my own strength. So what would you say to the person that says, hey, I've been a believer a long time. I know what the Bible says. I don't need to read it every day. <laughs> That's funny. I say that to myself often. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost every single day. I'm like, oh, have you been listening to my mind? You know, but how often do we think that? Yet we go and read the word out of obedience, and then God meets us there. Well, and here's something interesting. I don't care how many times you've read the Bible. You might have it memorized, but you'll go read it again and go, huh, that verse just struck me right between the eyes where it never had before. Right. It, it never, it, you know, or I'll read something and go, I, I must have read that, you know, 50 times, but... It seems like I've never read it. When, oh, yeah. when did God put that there? Right, right. I mean, time and time again. So there, there's more to the book than it just being a book. Well, it's the only living book. Living. Yes. Right. You know, it's the only book that could transform your heart if you allow it. You know, if I'm saying, yeah, Lord, help me, meet me here. I mean, just last week, I was just going through some tremendous discouragement that it's just like, why do I keep going through this process? And I was just thirsting for the book of Psalms. And I'm not a Psalms gal. Never been a Psalms gal. Right. You know, I'm a Proverbs gal. But my soul was like heading in the direction of the Psalms because I needed comfort. And I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to listen to David cry out to God and, and weep. And, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm convincing myself as to why I don't need to read Psalms. But my soul is like, Go. Go read it. And I go there and the Lord meets me there. You know, he he ministers to my heart, which will allow me the strength to get up and face another day and then have my priorities straight and right with God. Okay. Because 
I want to be that woman who is about her father's business. I want to be that woman who has that godly marriage, that woman who raises up godly offspring, and that woman who is a light to a very dark world. But I can't do any of that in my own strength. And it's not me taking a, a B vitamin. Okay. My, 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 my vitamin those, those B. Those aren't working for you? <laughs> they do work for me, but not in the spiritual, in the spiritual aspect. I have to go to, you know, that, that source of true spiritual strength. And that's the word of God. So I, I grow in the Lord when obviously you're in the word of God. There's just another day when I cracked open the Bible that I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm thirsting for it, but my soul just needed to write in my prayer journal. I just needed to talk to the Lord. I just needed to just, basically the tears just spilled out. They're just streaming down my face. And I just needed to have that time when I'm talking to my father. And that was just another, you know, me communicating with God. Okay. So you, you felt a need. What if you don't feel a need? Do it anyways. <laughs> I've had many dry, dry seasons in my life where it's just like, why, why aren't I sensing him? You know, why mm -hmm. does he feel far from me? And I've just learned, okay, there are certain spiritual disciplines I know I need to do. Just like if you were wanting to take care of your physical body. If you load it up on Coke and hamburgers and French fries, you're not going to be physically strong. That sounds good. You, you in for an In-N-Out burger? <laughs> Hey, not everyone's from California, oh, so okay. they, they don't know about In-N-Out. But my, my point is, if you're on this, this steady diet of junk food and you want to be physically strong, it's not going to work. Well, because the world is throwing its stuff at you all the time. So you're consuming the world's stuff and not consuming God's stuff. Right. You have to make that, that decision, that priority where God's word is what I need to feed off of every single day. And let me talk to that young mom for a moment, because I've been that young mom where, you know, your kids, they're not sleeping in the night. They're getting up at the crack of dawn and you're thinking, how, how am I ever going to go read my Bible? Part of it is training your kids. You know, I don't want this to become the parenting podcast. I right. specifically want to talk to the couples, to the wives. You know, you're here, you talk to the to the husbands, but there's enough parenting podcasts out there that they could go into all these things. Well, uh, look, let's face facts. The parenting message is a secondary message. Right. And yet everyone makes it priority, makes it number one message. Right. Okay? Right. Because those children suck the life out of you and you're like, how do I, <laughs> how do I get through my day? Right. You know? Right. Now, uh, I don't, I'm not here to disparage focus on the family, but focus on the family. No. Focus on your married your marriage and that family will be yes. fed. Well, it will be. Which is why we're doing the foundations of a biblical marriage and family. We're starting off, you know, the series has been about the marriage. And as the series is ending, today is the last day of the series. We're just, we're just basically touching on the parenting because there's a lot, at least where I live today, there's a lot of parental idolatry you know, family idolatry, child idolatry that takes place. And again, I'm all for raising up godly offspring, but not at the, the sake of my you know marriage. What? You're right. Let me, let me, let me cross out what I just said. It's not focus on the marriage either. Okay. It's focus it's, on Jesus. It's focus on Jesus. Right. Okay. And, and then set your prior priorities after that. Right. And you know, you go to the that leaky faucet, that squeaky wheel, which is the child. You know, the child just just consumes so much. 
as that young mom, I was just like, okay, you're shaping a life. Anyways, right. this is number one. Love the Lord, okay? Be in his word, spend time in prayer. For me, I've got, I've got Christian music playing like all the time because it feeds my soul. It doesn't feed my flesh. If I want to feed my flesh, all I have to do is turn on the TV, turn on secular music, walk anywhere in the world, and I could be consumed. My flesh could be just so drawn to the things of this world. And go get an In-N-Out burger. (laughs) Yeah, and go do that too. So you've got to make sure, number one, stay strong. Because if, number one, loving the Lord doesn't stay strong, if that priority is not set in place, and if you're not determined to be so intentional about protecting that time of growing in the Lord, then you could kiss having this beautiful marriage and family goodbye because you can't, I can't do it in my own strength. And that is the rock, okay? The wise man built his foundation, his house on the rock. Right, right. Okay, so what's number two? Yeah, so anyways, our our greatest priority, it needs to be God um, because that's that's got to be the only foundation. You know, there's probably a bunch of people out there going, well, duh. Of course. Yeah, but it's a priority. It's a daily priority. It's a day in and day out when everything's going wrong, read your Bible. When everything's going right, read your Bible. When you don't feel like reading it, read your Bible. When you do feel like reading it, great, read your Bible. But it's a daily thing that if you don't protect it, then who's going to come and remind you to read your Bible? Right. You know, is your mom going to show up, your grandma, somebody who led you to the Lord? This is your walk with God. Because anything could come in. Does Satan want you to read your Bible? No, he's going to distract you with everything. Hey, so uh, going down a rabbit trail real quick like I always do. <laughs> okay. For those for those families that homeschool their own kids or even, you know, they send them to public school. It doesn't matter. Or private school. The reason for Johnny to learn how to read is not so Johnny can get a good education or get a good job. It's so he can read his Bible. That's why you teach Johnny to read. Right, right. Because Johnny is supposed to be a vessel for the Lord when he's old enough to be that vessel. Right. God created us to be vessels for him. So anyways, that was your little parenting side note. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Um, So number two is minister to your spouse. We've had, you know, so many different podcasts on how to do that. Um, Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Um, I put in here for the wife, Titus 2.4, to love your husband. We've already talked about the different roles. Basically, you have God first, spouse second. Meet each other's needs because when we were dating, and I'm sure the couple that's listening to this or the wife that's listening to this, we were so attentive to each other. We met each other's needs while we were dating because pretty, we were we were priorities. A pretty good boyfriend, wasn't I? You're excellent. Okay. <laughs> and the, the whole point is you were a priority. I made time for you. Okay. So what happens then when you get married? Here's where the breakdown usually happens. The kids show up. So you have to be in a constant right. state. Well, because y- your spouse... They're kind of self-sufficient. Right. Okay. I'll need to take care of you, but this little this little thing right here is squawking and screaming <laughs> right. all the time, and I got you know I got to change it and feed it, and I mean you know. Yes, it's consuming. You know, when you become that new parent for the first time, it is so cons- all consuming. It's draining. It's difficult. You're brand new to it, and this is a life. You're the one who's responsible for that life. 
Okay, so right. when you look over at your spouse, you're just like, okay, I'm over here drowning in in motherhood or or fatherhood, not knowing how to do this. But somehow you have to learn how to shift back to still being that spouse. Okay, because if you don't put that spouse hat back on, what's the marriage going to end up becoming? It's it's not. It's going to end. It's going to end. Okay, you're and now be- you're stuck as a single parent. You're going to be a fantastic parent that doesn't have a, a, a spouse right. that you're married to. Right. And no no woman and no man wants to be in that. So here's another area that could so easily fall by the wayside because there's so many other things demanding for our time and attention. So practically, how do I set you as a priority over the kids? Well, and you know you, that... You know that's not hard for me, but I, you know, anyway. I, well, so what do you do? What do you do for me that you would set me a priority for over the kids? <laughs> well, uh, one of the things I would be is I would say number one, don't treat your mother that way because she's my wife. Number two, it's not your time to speak; it's her time to speak. Number three, consider her before you can consider yourself. That's what I'm going to teach the kid to begin with. Right, okay? and mean, those are things that we did as they were being raised up. Okay. Right. Right. And, and to this day, it, it's funny to see our teenagers knowing they've learned that they don't have first place. They're third. Okay. Well, they're third place. They're not even second place. There's And there's been times when I've said to them, what would happen to you as we look at other families? What would happen to you <laughs> if you spoke to your mother that way or treated her that way? And they go, you kill us. That's right. <laughs> don't you forget it. Okay. Well, yeah, and obviously that's a harsh word with some no, sarcasm, uh, and and not sarcasm. I'll break their necks if they, well, if they if they if they think that that they can step in front of what the honor that my wife gets. Okay, yes, now, they would be disciplined. Yes. Now, will I really break their necks? No, not really. But right. but bottom line is that's that's my passion is. Is that look? Here's the order in this family, and here's the order that we're going to live by if we want to have if we want to have the right relationship with the Lord and with each other. Right, right. Obviously, training your kids to know that they are third and not first. Right. Disclaimer: I don't I don't abuse my kids, but you know, you're giving me big old eyes when I say that. But uh, (laughs) well, not everyone might. This might be the first time they're hearing this podcast. So. You know, not everyone is used to the bantering and the sarcasm and and, and so forth that we bring. But what it comes down to is teaching your kids at a young age, you know, that they don't come before your husband or they don't come before your wife. And even if they're older now, start retraining them, you know, to be mindful of, I'm speaking to your father right now, you need to wait. Well, and, and we knew at one point, just to give you a real simple example, there was, there was a couple where the kid slapped the mother while the father was there, right? Yes, that was bad. (laughs) And the father didn't do anything about it. No. Okay? Uh, That is totally wrong. And he should have taken that kid and he should have disciplined that kid and made sure that kid never did that again. Right. Okay? Put the fear of God in that kid to to act that way. Right. But but they put up with it because it was a child-centered home. Right, right. And a lot of it that the, 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 the husband and wife, they have to make decisions as a couple to say, how are we going to parent them? How do we get on the same page in parenting our kids? Because if you take no position, the kids will rule, rule the home. 
Right. Okay. Okay. So, so moving into priority number three. Yes. Uh, our lovely darlings. Maybe we've just done that, but. Well, no, but, it is. Raise up godly offspring. Right. You know, it's Proverbs 22, 6. Direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. And well, but here's the priority. It's to train them correctly. It's not to indulge them. Right. Okay. Because how many families do you know that say, oh, well, it's soccer season. So we can't make it to church because Johnny has a soccer game. Right. And if you want Johnny to have a strong faith later on in life, what did you teach him all those years? You taught him that soccer is more important than relationship with the Lord right. and going to church. So those are those little tiny tweaks. I can remember years ago, I was at um, a meeting, a homeschool meeting for our families and stuff. And there was a mom there saying how, oh, she'd love to put her son in all these programs um, you know, the sports programs, the music programs, all the stuff, you know, just like in public school or home or private school, all right. the extracurricular. And she's, and she was so down and she said, but we don't have the money for it. And so she's kind of like wringing her hands of, you know, her child's not going to turn out well because they didn't have the money to put them in all this extracurricular stuff. And I said to her, I'm like, the Bible never states that your child should be well-rounded. Okay. Right. So it's more about raising up kids that are going to be about God's kingdom, not kids that are going to be all about their kingdom. So in your, in your parenting, you have to make choices as to, will this choice, this decision bring me closer to God? Will it bring my husband and I closer to God? Will it bring my children closer to God? Or will it pull our family away from the Lord? Our family was very, uh, there's very few areas where we did a lot of extracurricular activities you know part of it was part of it was my health couldn't handle that jam-packed schedule I just couldn't handle it and then come home and be a kind wife (laughs) yeah no you know that it was just like okay well you know pick one sport because we're not doing 30 well and and you know let's look at I mean I I wanted the boys to be able to experience that stuff but here's something we always told them was it's not about you who's it about Right. And they would say Jesus. Right. So if you train your children that, look, it's not about you and it's not about me and it's not about us, it's about him. Okay. And keep, and that is keeping and training the priorities right for the children. So when they do grow up, uh, they get it. Well, and if you're a young couple today with young kids, look down the road 18 years from now. How do you, what, what kind of child do you want as an adult? Do you want one who's in rebellion to you? Do you want one who follows the Lord? Do you want one who's got his foot in the world and his foot in in in, in the church? Okay, 18, because your choices 30, today, 40 years from now, yeah, right. your choices and priorities today will will determine kind of like what they're going to become. Right, because you'll look at your kid and go, "Oh, he had all these rich experiences and he's rejected your God." Right. Right. So we didn't want that. I know that the Bible says to, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. But it's just like, what exactly did that look like when I was that young mom? And I go back to Mary and Martha. Martha was busy. I could be a busy Martha mom. Right. Okay. Or I could be like Mary where I sat at Jesus' feet. And so that next, how does that translate into practical to be the mom who sits at Jesus' feet? Because the biggest thing that a parent could do is have their life imitate Christ because that will diffuse into the life of their children because you imitate what you're around. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, and you know, just to go back, we had we had financial troubles, and and there are things I wanted to do for them and give them that I I couldn't do. But you know what? The most important thing I had to do and give to them was free. Right. It was free. And that's training them up in the Lord. Right, right. Being that godly example. Absolutely. So if all you could do today is read your Bible and be kind to your spouse and read a Bible story to your, your child and point them to Jesus, your priorities are right. Right. They're spot on. But if it's all about your career, it's all about your time on Facebook, it's all about the decor in your home, it's all about your child excelling in school. Oh, yeah, I touched on the idolatry of, of education because that's a huge one as well. Okay, if it's all about that and you're not seeing any fruits in your own life, in your own marriage, or in your own children, you have to reevaluate what are your priorities. So let me encourage the parent who's listening right now. If your child ends up being the dumbest kid on the planet, but they follow Jesus and have a relationship with him and they've been trained in the faith, the Lord's going to take care of them. And he's going to say, well done to you, mama. Absolutely. And they're, they're going to have, they're going to have a great life, uh, in spite of anything else they learned or didn't learn or whatever. I mean, it's about him. That's it. Well, and it goes back to is who are you pointing your kids to? Who, because you're teaching them something. Put you're teaching them to put their trust in something or someone. Is right. it in their? Is it in their their academic ability, their excellence? Is it in their athletic excellence? Where are you pointing them to pursue and put their trust in? Because it's somewhere. Right. Because at some point they're not going to do the athletics, or they're not going to make that next level that they thought they would, or they're not going to get that that job that they're hoping their education would get them or, or whatever. And, and so if that's their salvation, they're going to be lost. Right. You have to be careful. We are bombarded daily with things that could become idols. And the parent is really the first defense of the idols that could take place in the heart of a child. Right. You know, so stand your ground on that. Well, and be be ready to uh, send them in another direction. And they might not like it either. <laughs> right. Okay. There's been plenty of time that we've had to say to our, our boys, hey, not this, but this. And it's a fight. Right. But you better win that fight because it's for their soul. Right. So those are, those are three huge things. The Lord first. He's number one. Spouse is second. Child is third. Okay. And the last one is get involved at church. I know that kind of seems like it's a little out of left field, but this one is Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So often I come across um, discouraged families and right. I, I talk to them about, you know, them going to church. And a lot of them aren't, don't go to church on a regular basis. And it's just like that, the whole weekly going to church every single week, you have built in accountability. You could have mentoring and you have encouragement all wrapped up in one priority. And that is teaching your, your child the way he should go. When they've been grown up, our kids have grown up, been th their whole lives going to church every single Sunday. Right, right. 
to them, they're like, well, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do. That's where you should be. Right. Right. So a lot of times that's forsaken and they forsake it because, well, we got up late I or the go, kids don't want to go. I want to go to the beach today. Right. You know, or I, or, oh, we got a, like I said, a soccer game or we, you know, or we got a baseball. This league is on Sundays. You know, and so I've heard people make these concessions. Well, uh, I'm going to go to church on Wednesday and uh, because, you know, I'll, I'll make it then. Okay. This is not an obligation. Okay. If you look at an obligation, then you're lost already. It's not an obligation. The Lord said, the Lord rested, right? you know, and, and, and said to set aside a day of rest. And that is the day that we worship. It doesn't mean you don't do anything, but go to church, okay? Start your day out going to church mm -hmm. and teach that to your children and have that as as a tradition in your family that, hey, this is what we do because we want to be with God's people. Well, and we it's, wanna... it's the spiritual habit that should be developed. Right, absolutely. And so if you're if you're listening right now and you're saying, well, my, my family is not where it's at or my marriage isn't where it's at, try grabbing your spouse and your kids and saying, hey, from this point on, we're going to go to church. Right. Oh, well, what about uh, this or that? No, we're going to go to church. That's what we're going to do. You know, in, in, in each marriage, there's always, you know, in our marriage, there might be times when you're lazy about something or I'm lazy about something. Well, just the other day, I was really discouraged and you asked me, where's your faith? And in, in within seconds, <laughs> I said, I have none. It's gone. And you're like, what? You know, you were shocked by that. But that's just where my... My soul was at that point. I was just so down and discouraged that I felt like I had no faith. And you might have a spouse who they're at that point and they don't want to go to church. So here's my encouragement. Go to church anyways. Invite them. Say, I'm, I'm planning on going this day. I know it will encourage you. Go. It's the easiest way to get fed. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. You know, reading your Bible, you have to put forth some effort. Going to church, you can just sit there and be fed. I mean, how great is that? Right. It's it's like going to a restaurant. You don't have to pay for it, <laughs> right? You do you do have to show up. You have you to make have that to commitment. Up. It's got to be a priority. There's a reason why I only gave four priorities. I tried to make it as simple as possible. That if you start getting into these habits, you're going to start to build build that foundation, that Christ-centered foundation that God intended. So you know, when those hard times come, you'll be able to withstand the difficulties. But but church is meant to feed your soul. It's meant for you to receive. It's also designed for you to pour out. I mean, there have been many times that I've gone to church and I'm just, I'm just used to it. But I'm not thinking I'm necessarily, oh, what am I going to hear today? Oh, we're in this series today. Kind of like, oh, I'm in this chapter or this book of the Bible. What am I going to get out of it? But I could come across someone who might ask me a question. And the next thing, the next thing you know, like this morning, I was at church this morning and a friend said, hey, can I talk to you? Yeah, sure. She shares what's going on. I impart some, here's what the Bible says. She's thrilled to death. Well, I'm thrilled to death because I used my spiritual gift. You know what? Church is where God's people meet. And so if you have a need, go to church and pick someone out and just say, I need to be ministered to today. I guarantee you, that someone there will right. say, right. you know what? I'm here to minister to you. Right. What do you need? Let me pray with you. Let me, right. you know, whatever, you know, but those people are there uh, and you go and be that person for someone else as well. Okay. That's what the body of Christ is all about. Right. But don't not go because you've been hurt. 
because you've been hurt, because you're tired, because you want to go to the beach, because the kids you know, slept in, you know, right. start making that that priority, that good spiritual habit, because that will help you get spiritually strong. Absolutely. So um, we're ending the series, the the series that we've been in, the foundations of a biblical marriage and family with this episode. Any thoughts that you have on on this? Because we could have gone on and on. We could have gone on and on about uh, parenting, you know, gone much deeper. But we are nearing um, November and December, and so you and I kind of had a conversation about. Well, here's here's the the real quick thing about parenting. If you keep these priorities, you will start to parent correctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that's that's the easiest way to do it. You know, tell tell Johnny, and we use Johnny as, you know, just the generic, if your kid's named Johnny, then bonus to you. <laughs> but tell Johnny, it's about Jesus. Right. Okay? You want to parent that kid? Teach him about the Lord. And teach him how to respect his father and his mother. Okay? And teach him how to follow Jesus and how to make decisions based on the Bible. And okay? how to forgive. And how to forgive. And how to share. <laughs> right. All that stuff, it's all right there in the Bible. Right. And how to control your emotions. You know, those are all biblical principles that as you learn it as that parent, you just naturally teach that to your child. But when when the kid's going, me, 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 you say, no, 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 Jesus. Well, because there there's that tendency to worship that child, Absolutely. you know, in it. So um, that's all we have for now. We're ending this series and we will be taking a break um, on the podcast. We will see you guys back in, in January of 2018. Terrific. So until next time, I'm Jolene Engel at JoleneEngel.com. I'm Eric Engel. You can find me at ericandjolene.com. Mm-hmm. That's cool. 